The more you listen, the more you learn. That's why I listened to 100 hours of Chinese in just three weeks. Here's what I learned and how you can apply that to your learning. Hello and welcome to the Hacking Chinese podcast. In this week's episode, I'm going to talk about my experience in the previous listening challenge, where I managed to listen for 100 hours during the three weeks of the challenge. I've been a proponent of massive amounts of input for learning languages for a very long time, but I think this is the first time I reach 100 hours in any of the challenges, and this gave me some insights when it comes to immersion and listening to vast amounts of Chinese while being busy with other things and not actually focusing on learning Chinese. And that is, of course, what I will talk about in this episode. Before I go into more details on what I did and how I think that can benefit you in your endeavors to learn Chinese, I want to briefly mention why input is so important. And this is something I talk about often on the podcast, so I don't want to go into too much detail. But in short, input is king, and that means that reading and listening is the foundation of all the other skills. If you don't listen and if you don't read, your brain does not have the data it needs to figure out how the language works. And this goes for grammar, the meaning of words, how they are put together, how they are different or similar to each other, and so on. Many students and some teachers mistakenly believe that this is something you learn explicitly. You learn grammar by studying rules in your textbook, and you learn how words are different by watching a YouTube video where someone tells you how they are different and how they are used. While I think that such explicit learning can be helpful, I do think that it should make up a small minority of the time you spend learning Chinese. Because if you don't have the data, if you haven't listened and read enough, so you have some kind of implicit knowledge of these grammatical structures or of how words are used, this type of explicit learning is not very effective. This is why I often emphasize the importance of listening and reading, and then far beyond what you will get from your textbook. We're talking about extensive listening and reading, where you can cover large amounts of Chinese and not just a few minutes in a podcast that is otherwise in English. In this week's episode, I'm going to focus on listening specifically, and it does have several benefits compared to reading. For example, it helps you master the sounds, tones, and prosody of Mandarin, which you can't get from simply reading. And listening is also a lot more practical than reading, because if you are a busy person, you work full time, you have a life beyond studying Chinese, you can't really just sit down and read Chinese for five hours a day. But you may be able to listen to several hours of Chinese per day, even if you might think that sounds a bit crazy right now. I hope that by the end of this episode, you'll have realized that listening a lot in Chinese is actually quite practical, and that it can be combined with many other things. And so, ramping up the amount of listening you do is much easier than increasing the amount of reading you do in Chinese. And since listening offers many of the same benefits as reading, and some extra ones in addition to that, this is a really good idea and something we should all strive to do. So in the previous listening challenge, I listened to 100 hours of Chinese in three weeks, and three weeks is the duration of these challenges. They start on the 10th each month, and then they run until the end. And if you're interested, you can head over to challenges.hackingchinese.com, where you can check what challenge is currently running, and you can also enroll for free. 
Listening for 100 hours of Chinese in three weeks is not exceptional if you study full-time, and especially not if you live in a Chinese-speaking environment and you count listening to people around you. You can basically get to five hours per day simply by going to class and by talking to people and then listening to a few podcasts or watching a movie or two. However, I live in Sweden, I don't study Chinese in any formal sense, I do have a full-time job, and I didn't count conversations or any form of background listening, such as music or anything going on when I didn't focus on it. I'm proud of having reached 100 hours under these conditions, but the point of this podcast is not for me to boast about something awesome I did, it is to show how the insights that I gained by doing so can help you listen more. And you might not be in a position where you can listen for 100 hours every month, but I do think that these insights can help you increase the amount of listening you're doing. So whatever level you're at now, maybe you can increase that by 50%, maybe you can double it. I think it makes sense to split this discussion into two parts. One is about listening to more spoken audio in general, so that would be regardless of language, and the other one being about increasing the amount of Chinese you listen to, so the proportion of that spoken audio which is in Chinese. Because as we shall see, there are many things you can do that are unrelated to Chinese really, it's just about getting used to listening to more spoken audio. And that could be in any language, because the strategies and skills I'm going to talk about are not language dependent, and they are indeed not maybe about languages at all. Still, I think they are essential to cover, because if you don't already listen to hours and hours of spoken audio every day, it's going to be almost impossible to suddenly start listening to Chinese for five hours a day. Maybe you can do that once for a single day if you really want to, but doing it every day is going to be very hard. So let's start by talking about how to learn more in general. And the first suggestion here is to focus on things that you like. The reason that I have listened to thousands and thousands of hours of podcasts and audiobooks and so on in English is not that I want to improve my English, that has never been the goal, it's because I really like listening to these things, I'm interested in the stories or I enjoy the content for some other reason. Sure, I realize that I've learned a lot of English by listening so much, but that was never the goal. So if you want to listen more, and this is not necessarily then about listening to more Chinese, you need to find interesting things to listen to. But finding such content is not necessarily effortless, just because listening to it is enjoyable. So you still need to spend some energy finding these interesting things to listen to, and establishing solid listening habits. It shouldn't be surprising that this takes energy, because changing anything about your life is effortful, and establishing new habits, even if you like them, actually does take time. I don't want to dwell too much on the non-Chinese aspects of listening in this episode, but here are seven tips for how to increase the amount of audio you listen to. The first one is to make sure you always have something to listen to. This sounds very obvious, but it includes situations where you are maybe offline or something like that, and just making sure that you can listen whenever you want to listen is very, very important. Second, you need to explore to find things you are truly interested in. And this is not so much a problem in your native language, maybe, depending on how much you listen, but simply exploring will enable you to find things you want to listen to, but the exploring itself is somewhat effortful. You need to sit down and do it, and the situations where this is suitable, maybe when you are at home or you have some spare time to look things up, they are usually not the same as when you want to listen. So if you suddenly find yourself in a situation where, yeah, I want to listen 
listen to something, that's not really the time when you go explore for new things to listen to. You should have done that before. Number three, vary your listening to make it more enjoyable. And here I mean varying in many senses of the word. So different narrators, different types of audio, maybe audiobooks, different types of podcasts, news, etc., etc. My fourth tip is to get wireless earphones if you don't have that already. This makes it significantly more practical to listen to large amounts of spoken audio. And you don't need fancy ones for hundreds of dollars. You can basically get the cheapest ones you can find, even though battery life is a concern. Number five is a related tip, get backup earphones. And this is of course much easier if they are cheap, because your first pair of earphones will run out of batteries, you might misplace them and so on. So having backups is essential. Number six is about forming good listening habits. So this involves thinking about when you want to listen and during what types of activities listening is feasible and so on. And I won't talk too much about habit formation in this episode because I've covered that elsewhere. And as usual, I'll put lots of links in the description of this episode so you can find more on Hacking Chinese if you want. Number seven is a general tip that includes many of those that I've already said, and that is to identify any practical issues with listening and then solve them. You might think it's a little bit silly that I'm talking about earphones and getting a backup pair while the first one charges and having audio available and all these kind of obvious things. But being someone who has listened a lot in different languages, these things still cause me trouble occasionally. And I know that these small practical issues actually turn out to be pretty big for most people. For example, I can sometimes listen much less simply because I haven't transferred or made available the audiobook I'm going to listen to to my phone or made it easy to access in some way. And this is just a simple matter of maybe transferring a file, but since I don't do it, I postpone starting for several days sometimes. And that has a large impact on how much I listen. Okay, I think that's enough about listening to spoken audio in general, so let's turn to listening to Chinese in particular. Assuming now that you do listen to spoken audio in other languages, the task is mainly to convert that listening time to listening to Chinese instead of something else. And unless you're studying full-time or have a lot of time dedicated to learning Chinese, this trade-off is not necessarily that simple, because the question is how much Chinese do you want to listen to? Well, there are some things you can probably just replace something you listen to in English to something in Chinese. But if you're not an advanced student, you might not be able to understand this audio when it is in Chinese. And depending on what it is, maybe it isn't available in Chinese at all. So you have to forego some things in order to increase the amount of Chinese you listen to. And this trade-off is not obvious for adults. Maybe there are things you really think are important to listen to in English, and then you can't just switch them to something in Chinese. So be mindful of this question. If you listen to more Chinese, it means you will need to listen less to something else. That being said, if you're still here listening to this episode, I assume that you want to increase how much Chinese you listen to. So I'm going to go through three strategies or things you should consider when doing this, and this will greatly help you when it comes to listening more. So number one is to have audio at a suitable level available at all times. I did mention that you need audio available, but it's not just that when it comes to listening to Chinese in particular, because you also need audio that suits your listening situation. 
and I will return to this a little bit more later in this episode, but in essence, if you're being distracted by other things, or can't concentrate fully, or you're just tired, listening to difficult audio in Chinese is not going to work, so for these situations you need something easier, maybe you can re-listen to something you've listened to before, maybe you can just choose something that is at a lower level, that you can follow even if you don't concentrate fully, and so on. But adjusting and making sure that you have audio available for all these different types of scenarios is important. The second strategy I want to cover is to make Chinese the default option. This is related to something we've covered on the podcast before, namely in episode 18, where I talked about the forking path. This is a way of looking at your life and what you do as a series of choices, and most of these choices are very small, so you make thousands and thousands of these every day, and each choice is then a fork in the path. As time passes, you move forward towards the horizon, but depending on if you choose to go left or right, you will end up further right or left on that horizon. And let's assume then that Chinese is on the right side and other languages are on the left side. If you consistently make choices that favor Chinese over other languages, you will end up much further to the right, you will have been exposed to more Chinese, and you will as a result have learned more as well. This is somewhat different from other approaches where you maybe set a goal of doing something or achieving something in the future, because this focuses on what's right in front of you, on these small choices of being aware of them and consistently then choosing things that include more Chinese. And like I said, I talked more about this in episode 18, if you're interested, but the point here is that if you make Chinese the default choice in as many cases as you can, you will end up listening to much more Chinese. It's hard to be very specific here, but it involves making choosing Chinese easier than choosing other languages. Maybe you use a better app for listening to Chinese so it's easier to use, or you hide the other audio in some way that makes it harder to access. This should be familiar to anyone who has read Nudge by Richard Thaler and Cass Sunstein, where they discuss why we make certain choices and how to design a choice architecture that encourages people to make the right decisions. In our case, the right decision is of course listening to more Chinese, and so it's about making this accessible, pleasant, easy, and quick. By making it the default option, we make it so that it requires effort to listen to something that isn't in Chinese, whereas most people who study Chinese has the opposite situation, you normally listen to your native language or another strong language, and then you need to make an effort to listen to something in Chinese. The third strategy is a somewhat extreme version of this, and that is making Chinese the only option. If you delete all your English audiobooks and unsubscribe from all the podcasts you listen to that aren't in Chinese, you don't have much choice. If you're going to listen, it will be in Chinese. And I think this can be great, especially for getting started. I'm not saying you should permanently delete all your English audiobooks and unsubscribe and never return to the podcast. But it can be helpful to get started if you think that you are spending too much time with English or some other language. This is quite similar to having a no English rule in class. I don't think that's a good thing on the whole, because there are some things that just work really well if you use other languages. But on the other hand, if you struggle with actually using Chinese in class and most of it is in English, then having a no English rule is great. This is a good example of when the goal is not actually getting to 100% Chinese, but by forcing yourself to get to 100% Chinese, you can then decrease to 95, 98, or whatever you prefer. But if you start at 50 and work your way upwards, you will never get there. 
I did talk a lot about the practical details for how to do this in an article called Immersion at Home or Why You Don't Have to Go Abroad to Learn Chinese, and I'll make sure to put a link to that in the show notes. Regular listeners will be familiar with most of the things I've said so far. They are indeed not insights that I gained during last month's listening challenge because I've written about and talked about them before. But now I'm going to share some thoughts and reflections regarding content and difficulty that became very clear to me during this challenge. There seem to be two major differences when it comes to listening a lot in your native language compared to Chinese, and they are content and difficulty. The first one is about finding content in Chinese that you find interesting, as I said earlier. But in your native language, you probably have a large catalog of things you liked, so if you want to find more of that, it's very easy. Maybe you are subscribed to 20 podcasts, and then you have more listening than you can probably fit in your schedule anyway. So just listening more and finding more interesting content is not hard. But in Chinese, you don't have the infrastructure, you don't have the experience, and therefore finding interesting content requires requires more effort. And this is a problem if you're going to listen to, say, five hours a day of Chinese, because you're going to use up anything you had very quickly, and so finding more interesting content is hard. Some things you enjoy in English might be translatable into Chinese, sometimes literally, as in you have the same thing but translated into Chinese. So during the challenge, I listen to many audiobooks that are indeed translations from English. But normally, you can't just count on this, and this is also related to the second factor, which is difficulty, meaning that if you are a beginner or an intermediate learner, you can't really just take what you like listening to in English and do the same thing in Chinese, because it's going to be very difficult and you won't understand anything. And not understanding what you're listening to is not a good idea, as I mentioned in last week's episode. The problem here is that unless you are already an advanced student, it's going to be difficult to find content that you can both make sense of and that is interesting at the same time. And in this area, you probably have to make some sacrifices. Sure, you can make an effort to find interesting things to listen to, but you're also highly constrained by the difficulty of the content, and even though, say, some graded readers are quite interesting and they have audio that you can listen to, or someone makes a podcast in Chinese that you can understand that is interesting, it's unlikely that it is as interesting as the best media you can find in a language you speak well. I've done my best already to help out here in an article called Beginner Chinese Listening Practice, What to Listen to and How, and we covered that in episode 130. I also regularly update an article called The 10 Best Free Chinese Listening Resources for Beginners, Intermediate and Advanced Learners. And as the name implies, this doesn't only cover beginners, but I've made a real effort to only focus on things that are in Chinese, so not podcasts about Chinese, such as this one. I talked about this in episode 115, and as usual, I will put links in the description. While I'm recommending articles and podcast episodes, I should also mention that I do have an article about comprehensible input and why you want that, and there's also a three-part series written by Diane Neubauer on Hacking Chinese about teaching and learning with comprehensible input, and I'll put links to all of these things in the description. Let's return to the discussion about difficulty, and one thing that I think is often overlooked is that it's not only about how difficult the Chinese is. There are many other things to keep in mind, and these can make your listening experience easier or harder depending on the situation. 
Students rarely think that listening to Chinese is too easy, so try to be mindful of these other factors to lower the difficulty and make sure you understand more. I'll discuss four different factors for how difficult listening is, and I will also add examples from my experience with the listening challenge. And of course, I realize that beginners will not be able to listen to the things I listen to, but I hope that these examples will make it more concrete and easier to understand. And there might also be advanced students who will benefit from my particular examples as well. So the first factor is about the language itself, and I'm not going to talk about this too much. I've done so many times in other articles. Links in the description as usual. But naturally, if the Chinese you listen to is difficult in terms of vocabulary and grammar, it's going to be harder to understand. It's much harder to listen to an audiobook, which is a written text, than read aloud for you, compared to say an interview where people are actually speaking with each other. And another example might be listening to a news article recounting an event, which is then formal written Chinese read aloud for you, probably at a fairly decent clip, and compare that with someone simply speaking about this event and retelling it to you in person, for example. This would be much easier. The second factor is how familiar you are with the topic. And this is more important than people think, because if you do know something about the topic in advance before you listen, you will be able to use that knowledge to interpret what happens. And this is something we talked a lot about in the Beyond Timbodong series, and as usual, links in the description. But the point here is that listening to something that is completely new to you in Chinese is much harder than listening to something where you kind of know what's going on in advance. Just to take an example, if you watch a video about maths in Chinese, you already know your basic arithmetic in English, and so if you watch a video about that in Chinese, it's going to be pretty easy. But if you watch someone explaining quantum mechanics in Chinese and you don't know this in English already, it's going to be nearly impossible to understand. During the challenge, I made use of this several times because I did listen to audio versions of books I had read in English, although it was maybe ten or twenty years ago, so I wasn't that familiar with them, but I still had some familiarity with the content. This is also why I think the best way to ease yourself into reading novels in Chinese is reading something you have already read in another language. That makes it so much easier because you know what to expect and you remove this part of the difficulty. The third factor that influences difficulty is the complexity of the structure of the text. So not the difficulty of the language or the content, but the way it's structured. If you're listening to something that's meant to be educational, for example, it's meant to be easy to understand. But if you're listening to a novel, it could actually be part of the point that it is not easy to understand. I've listened to a lot of science fiction in Chinese and in English. And if you have a setting which is not obvious to the reader, maybe it's in the future, maybe it's a modified version of our past or something like that, you don't start the book by explaining how everything works and then you start the story. This would be very boring, and nobody writes like this. Instead, you find clever ways of revealing information about the setting while you're also telling the story. Maybe you don't even tell the story linearly. Perhaps you put the ending first, or something fancy like that. Or maybe the chapters are in reverse chronological order, and you do various fancy things to make it more interesting. But this also makes it much, much harder to understand. Let's compare two different audiobooks that I listened to during the challenge. And the first is J.R.R. Tolkien's *The Hobbit*, which I think many of you will be familiar with, and the other is *Hyperion* by Dan Simmons, which you might not be as familiar with. The Hobbit is very straightforward. It is a linear story going from A to B, and it's easy to understand even for children, which is part of the point. 
Hyperion, on the other hand, is not so straightforward. It's essentially a collection of short stories bound together to form a narrative, sometimes in a non-linear way. This means that you need to get into the narrative of each short story, you have to keep them in mind and then combine them to get the overall picture, which is then continued in the sequel that I also listened to. So it's not the language that makes Hyperion harder to understand than The Hobbit, but rather the structure of the text. The fourth factor that influences how difficult listening is, is how much you focus on it. And this is something I thought about a lot during the challenge, because I do different things in a day and if I want to maximize the amount of Chinese I listen to, I need to make sure I have something suitable for every occasion, as I mentioned before. This is not only true for beginners, it's definitely true for advanced students as well. If I'm out walking or running, I can listen to anything. I focus completely on what I'm listening to and difficulty then doesn't matter as much. But if I'm trying to combine listening with something else, for example, let's say my job requires me to format something in a fairly menial way or manipulate text or numbers in a table or something like that, I could probably listen to The Hobbit while doing that and still follow along in the story. But when I did that with Hyperion, I found my mind drifting away and focusing more on the work and less on the story, and so I needed to re-listen a lot and this simply didn't work. I've written a lot about how to combine various study activities with your life and your job in general in other articles such as one about the time barrel and another about time quality, and I'll put links to those in the description. These then are the four factors I wanted to talk about that influence how difficult something is to listen to, and if you want to listen as much as you can, and I'm not talking about just a little bit extra here, but actually hit the kind of max for the situation you're in, you need to balance and optimize all four. Before I round this episode off, I'll just mention briefly what I did listen to during the challenge, because I know some of you will be interested in hearing about that. And like I said, I focused mostly on translated novels, all narrated by the same person actually, and this is mostly about accessibility. It started with me wanting to listen to The Wheel of Time, it's a fantasy series by Robert Jordan in Chinese, but I couldn't find an official audiobook. But then I did find an account on a video sharing platform where a Chinese guy recorded these novels, what I think is for fun, I'm not sure. And then I ended up listening to basically everything he had uploaded, which was much more than just The Wheel of Time. As it turned out too, that was a work in progress, so I actually couldn't listen to even the first book. I listened to only half and then switched to, well, Hyperion, as I said. I also listened to this follow-up, The Fall of Hyperion, The Hobbit, as I mentioned earlier, and then also a prequel to The Wheel of Time, New Spring, and as I said, also half of the first novel. And then in addition to this, I also listened to some Liyong Le Lao Shi, and I'll put links to that in the description as well. And finally, I also watch some esports, and that is also something I will cover in an upcoming article, so stay tuned for that. So I hope that this episode has provided you some ideas for how to listen more in Chinese, regardless of what level you're at. The next listening challenge will be in January, of course, but if you want to ramp up your listening, that is something you should do gradually, and of course you shouldn't wait until January, you should start right now. And then maybe in January we can together break the previous record for the collective number of hours listened during a challenge. So I look forward to seeing you there. Thank you for tuning in to the Hacking Chinese podcast. If you like this episode, please share it. More information and inspiration about learning and teaching Chinese can be found at hackingchinese.com. See you in the next episode, and until then, good luck with your studies!